Even the milk delivery services in inner LNI were hindered that morning. On every street and every house, radios were broadcasting blaring reports of ongoing skirmishes in sector E. There had been incidents of stone pelting and arson in sector E before a police curfew was commenced in both the sectors. Some alleged that it was after an incendiary speech made by the deputy governor of outer LNI that the crowds had gotten enraged while others commented that the speech was grossly misinterpreted. To make the situation worse, Amara Mebi, the daughter of Governor Mebi Jr., was arrested last evening in connection to the murder of Alina Mebi. What fate awaits LNI? Only time will tell. Ila Wanden, with one dressing over her right shoulder and another one around her right knee, blew the newspaper out with her good foot. The photos of the governor of outer LNI and his daughter on the front page took flight like birdlings only to thumb back to the ground. Ila was done. She sighed and she breathed deeply. Standing in the doorway as a loser, Ila Wanton questioned her destiny. What else could she have done, done to turn the game over in her favour and win? What was more pathetic than getting herself blown off just for publicity? Body still frozen, she recalled the day she was appointed the police chief after performing her best at the physical and written test. In one interview, when she was asked why she wanted to lead the police force, she responded with a very simple answer. I'll give the people of inner LNI the security that they deserve. The safety to raise a child in a crime-free state. Safety to those women who wish to work as late as they want. Safety will lead to progress. Back then, she stood for all of inner LNI, no sector bias, no politics. Rather, she had looked up to the difference between where she was born and where she was raised. It was for the good. She had no feelings of vengeance towards her parents who had given her up. They had given her an opportunity to bring about a change. She could have been unknowingly happier in a lavish mansion somewhere, but the woman that she was now was one that she liked being, one who was forged in adversities. With a slight limp, she bent down and picked up the dismembered newspaper and compiled the pages together. It had lost its fresh press folds. It looked like a day-old newspaper. A day or a year old, only the scrapyards were interested in them now. Did people in even remember it though? The thought touched her mind. Even Ma had advised so. When she read about the event in detail, she realized it was indeed headline material. Murder of an ex-committee member, the accused own mother, motive was status as Amara Mebi's anger over denial by Alina Mebi to accept her as a candidate for the governorship. Even the governor was mentioned as a party to the conspiracy. What amazed Ila was a statement by Mebi Jr. claiming his daughter's insanity. Amara was unaware of the crime being committed through her. Both of them, Mebi Jr. and Amara, were arrested and were awaiting a trial. The photograph on the paper sang out the cruelty in the girl's eyes. This situation meant that the position of governor was currently empty. The committee would decide upon a candidate in the coming weeks. But if Amara may be somehow got acquitted, she would claim the position for the rest of the term on account of being his blood relative. Ila wondered if the governor of Inner LNI could exercise any power in such unprecedented situations. With the pain of a longing for the spotlight returned, she knew exactly the man to meet. Silva was out of the sheets now. 
his veiny feet lay at the end of his pajamas and his ivory arms propped out of his thin cotton shirts which had blotches of blood all over it a nurse had just finished dabbing his wounds with tincture and was collecting the bloody cotton dabs off the floor ila noticed the wrinkles and fold on his skin for the first time he was old he had been transferred to another room she noticed a colorful one with windows and trees outside to look at the girl in the chair was there too and she didn't look at ila this time either good day to be alive not a good time though huh looks like the time that i have been waiting for has arrived sooner than anticipated sit he spoke how does it feel to be the victim he asked once the nurse was gone the blast i'm fine ila had taken a seat behind his half erect body she was prepared she knew it was time for her to pay him back we have both done what was due and had gotten burned he cackled softly if the committee does not arrive to a decision within one week which they won't trust me i know those greedy bastard the next person on the ladder of constitutional power will become the governor of nrlni surprise surprise you'll get that chance and you will nominate me for the seat what seat ila asked odio oh see when the committee was established it was established with the purpose of proportionate representation so the governor of nrlni was also granted a place now the seat does not seem that powerful as displayed by dilip raj who constantly boycotts the meeting in outer arena however with the right person it can be leveraged ila had sensed a whiff of his desire for a seat at the committee but she had not seen it coming lying close to her was an 80 something year old man who had arm twisted her into doing his dirty work she felt used she felt like a pawn how did you know this was going to happen ah uh, today tomorrow it was just a matter of time ila leaders fall hell empires fall to the might of time what if the girl was acquitted that's a foolish question maybe made a fool out of himself by thinking he could plead insanity he has made it worse he may be a shrewd politician but he's a father first what makes you so sure about my victory i've barely scratched my name ram silva with more blood and eyes than that dabbed out of his body stared at her with a wolfish grin then let's just say you have heavy debts to pay ila returned to the lobby following the silence a nurse immediately approached her and led her to an examination table the nurse grabbed a scissor and ran it across a wound dressing she unfastened it and flung it in a dustbin with practice precision then she ripped the bloody cotton that was stuck to the wound it made ila whimper the nurse looked like a robot she pressed and pinned her hand tightly when ila made the sound again she ripped the cotton causing ila to scream even louder the antiseptic dripping down her elbow chilled her nerves it even numbed the pain and discomfort caused due to the nurse's grip the general murmur in the hallway felt intimidating to her she jerked the nurse's hand off smashed the box on the floor and stormed out of the hospital she was on her way back when she looked at the crooked house by the edge of the cliff it was just like her an island in the middle of nowhere inside his house rubel was confronting two gentlemen in disguise what are we waiting for rubel asked he was on one side sitting in the most powerful chair in all lni and on the other side planning a robbery with two of the most wanted fugitives after last night planning a robbery made for quite an uneventful day we need equipment this is a serious job gardan was saying 
Jung and Rubel listened curiously. We get the map and necessities from the house and we do it on Saturday night. Are you sure? Rubel asked. Yes, and this is the right bank. Rubel's question cut through Gardan's response. Ha ha. You people laugh all you want with your eyes squinched while I see the larger picture. We won't do the right bank. We will do the wrong map. When their faces went blank, he spoke again. Yes, the bank of outer Illinois. Bank of outer Illinois with three men? Jung asked. Three men with experience, you mean? Gardan interjected. Come on, Jung. We'll do it on a weekend if that makes any difference. No, no, Jung said. We must respect time. Security is enhanced over the weekends. We need to strike early in the evening on a weekday. We must do it tomorrow. He spoke as though he didn't need any converting or further convincing. Gardan then went on to elaborate his plan. They spoke in detail about his execution till it was late in the afternoon. When the team took a break, Gardan followed Rubel into his cabin. Jung too followed them closely. He noticed Gardan's stare at the refrigerator but he didn't overthink it. That afternoon light was streaming in out of the room. This newfound freedom felt like brand new gift that had been just unwrapped. They sat cautiously away from the door. Gardan sat with his hands locked around his raised knees. Sunlight touched his face and dragged the fatigue out to play. His gaze was past the door, past the shimmering rooftops, past the cliff of sector A. Jung was leaving on the door frame behind them. Rubel sat down with his back against the wall. I miss being myself, he said, all the while picking at the bedsheet. Seems like ages ago, doesn't it? Gardan wondered, how did you spend 26 years on this island? This is all I had. You had a chance to come down there, to us, Gardan said. I was born and raised here. For some reason, I thought everything else would be worse than this. I remember when I had strayed off with my foster home for a week. I had decided never to leave. However, as soon as I turned 20, they kicked me out. As I went ahead, life became more amusing ever since I started living it on my own terms. Your terms seem to be working well, Jung commented. I said amusing, not easy, Gardan said. You wouldn't know. Rubel was confused by the exchange. I don't know what's right and what's wrong anymore, he said. Just don't hurt the ones who love you, kid, Jung replied. How do I know they love me? Rubel turned to Jung. They are the ones who spend their good days with your bad ones. Gardan stared at the both of them and then back at the light. Ela Wanton had paced back and forth in her study all day. In the evening, she tied up her shoelaces and stepped out for a run. When she returned, she found Kale with a letter in hand waiting at her doorsteps. Ela read the strip of paper, her chest still heaving. Dalip Raj had suffered a heart attack. He was found dead in his chair at 5.48 a.m. She handed the note back to Kale and sent him off. The feeling that she had felt when she left the house for her run, the feeling that the day wasn't yet finished, had proved to be right. Ela looked up at the fading light in the sky, at the golden glowing clouds, and at the glimmering bright stars that were already visible. She felt the cold breeze freezing her sweaty skin as she sat on the steps. She stared at the time past her, at a pace she hadn't experienced before. Everything was fading. When she found herself alone, very alone, a single tear drop rolled down her cheek.